Hello, you're listening to The Scent, a Titan Radio Horror Show, and that was The Babadook theme, our film for today. Uh, directed and written by Jennifer Kent, it was released back in 2014, uh, it's an Australian film, and it details um, a mother who's, um, who was in a car crash that killed her husband as they were going to the hospital. Her son was born on the day that her husband died, and since then she's been raising him on her own. Uh, the movie deals with depression, trauma, uh, the suppression of the trauma, and kind of dealing with um, being a single mother, uh, being a child who is um, expected not to speak about their dad, uh, doesn't know anything about their dad and has a mother who feels conflicted about how they feel about their their child uh, it's it's a wonderful movie um, I remember hearing it from a friend or just hearing good stuff about it and I finally checked it out when it was back in Netflix maybe like 2-3 years ago and I liked it so much that when I saw it at Amoeba I just had to pick it up uh, so, this is the Babadook. We'll be covering it for today. I will be doing another movie by Jennifer Kent, Nightingale, which came out last year. And both deal with trauma, death, and I guess uh, dealing with these different forms of um sadness of of all these different emotions that um events and things that happen to us evoke so um i hope you enjoy our conversation for today and i'm going to go and play a Duke pop-up book narration um there was a physical copy of the actual book that was limited release and so I found a YouTube clip that does a really good narration of it. The video is called The Babadook Pop-Up Book with Narration. And it was uploaded by Matt Zabita, uh, November 9th, 2016. So yes, uh, this is their own personal work and you can look it up uh, online on YouTube if you wish to seek it. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. A reading of Mr. Babadook, written by Jennifer Kent. If it's in a word, or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you really are a clever one, and you know what it is to see, and you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Babadook, duck, duck. That's when you'll know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. Babadook. This is what he wears on top. He's funny. 
don't you think? See him in your room at night, and you won't sleep a wink. Let me in! I'll soon take off my funny disguise, and once you see what's underneath, take heed of what you've read. You're going to wish you were dead. For those who think that's just for kids, this thing is not for me. I urge you not to say those words. Please take this seriously. Duck, duck, duck. There's just no way you're off the hook if you're all grown up when you read this book and you snub your nose with a civilized look. You'll appeal even more to the big Baba Duck. Let me in! And this is what he'll say. I'll wager with you. I'll make you a bet. The more you deny me, the stronger I get. <coughs> then you'll be my puppet, my plaything, my pet. I'll make you do things you'll be sure to regret. You cannot get rid of me. Dare to look me in the face. Try to put me in my place. I will cause you so much strife. You are trespassing in my house. But you might just get out with your life. Duck. Whether adult or child, best to give me a home. Put the welcome mat out with a room of my own and accept that I'm here and from you I have grown. Keep me smaller in size. I might leave you alone. said might. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Baba Duck. And please don't be tempted to tear up this book. Duck. I hope you enjoyed, and to reiterate, um, the movie deals with trauma, generational trauma, in that 
this can be passed down um, through suppression and ways that trauma is able to manifest itself when it's ignored. Single parenthood and specifically being a single mother. The child having no father, Samuel, uh, in a world that expects to have parents, two parents, and still more specifically a mom and dad. Social isolation and problems with social interaction are heavily present with uh, Samuel, the kid, and how anger and violence, and to mark anger and violence not always synonymous with each other or related, can be manifestations of other internal issues that are festering and trying to get attention. And so we see this with Samuel when he can be a little bit insensitive to his mother. He is unaware of what he's doing. There's moments where he's choking her or pulling her or squeezing her pretty hard. And so this is more uh, ways in which uh, a child not knowing any better tries to do what they can to um, get the attention that they seek. Because um, Amelia, the mom, has trouble showing affection to Samuel. There's a moment where he goes in to hug her and she pushes him away. It's too much for her. There's always this physical distance that she keeps from Samuel. And there are moments where she does show affection. But overall, you can see that Samuel is seeking to get some form of attention from her. Um, and so... Uh, is a reminder that of a person's death and that through their child and finally having the child and their dead parent intentionally removed and suppressed from them, it can create this rift. And so Samuel holds this against um, Amelia for her keeping Oscar, the dad, the husband, um, who died um, away from him. Uh, it's a connection to a person, to a parent that they don't have, that they're constantly reminded that they're missing. And so, in a way, this kind of pits Samuel against his own mother because societal expectations and what people expect don't match up with his own life. Um, and partly because his mom isn't allowing him to have a connection with his dad beyond the grave, uh, beyond death. Because she hides away all his stuff. She locks it away. And so it creates complicated feelings for Samuel towards his dad. Um, and so I guess uh, what the Babadook does so well is providing like this actual physical manifestation of trauma, of uh, grief. And so with the Babadook, which is also, I believe, um, an anagram for a bad book. Um, and so this bad book, the Babadook, uh, keeps coming back despite Amelia burning it, tearing it apart. Um, the Babadook is something that is beyond a physical manifestation of a book. It is inside her head. It can enter her. It can even leave. And so, kind of pushing this more into trauma. Trauma can be internalized, it can be externalized. If it happened to us, it can come from us. 
it can um, be a way that it just manifests outside or into us. And so, for example, um, I myself found trauma through dissociation, through trauma, and I always viewed my own depression as something that was external, something that would take over me that didn't allow me to feel happy because there'd be moments where during certain social events or certain situations um, I would be having a great time and all of a sudden something triggered a reaction out of me and I was in a bad place. It was like a switch. Um, and so in this case that is something that I viewed as external something that had triggered my, my trauma, other people may view depression as something that's a part of them, something that's in them, something that they have to constantly deal with. Uh, depression isn't always something that you um, overcome, it's something that you just manage. Uh, and so trauma is the same thing as well, in that maybe some people can overcome it. Uh, the way I view it is that, at least for myself, is something that I continuously have to manage, it is something that I have to uh, be aware of. And, and now that I have the knowledge and the um, ways of coping that are a bit healthier than what I used to do, which would be like self-harm or um, self-harm physically and mentally, as in putting myself down, um, self-isolating myself, uh, all these different ways. Um, this this is something that I can now manage. I can now speak about what I've done, what has happened to me, what was what I was forced to do at, at, at periods, and so uh, it doesn't necessarily get an overt uh, negative reaction out of me anymore. I can now talk about it. But that comes with practice, that comes with talking about it, with sharing with others, having other people affirm us, and creating this narrative that we're comfortable with, taking control, taking power in some form by claiming it. And so, uh, this is what the Baba Duke is highly representative of. Throughout the movie, um, Amelia represses this memory of Oscar. She doesn't ever want to mention his name. She doesn't want to talk about him. She doesn't want to acknowledge his existence. She does not let Samuel celebrate his birthday uh, on the day of his birthday because it is a memory that Oscar is no longer with her. And even Miss Roach, who is a neighbor, that uh, Amelia takes out the trash and helps her out, and Mrs. Roach will take over, take care of Samuel from time to time. Um, she acknowledges later in the movie that she knows that this is a tough time for Amelia um, because it is around the time that Oscar died, but also when her kid was born. And so it brings complicated issues because we are always told that parents should be loving of their children. They have to give them unconditional love. And what happens when 
that is tough to do when your child is a memory or is tied to a memory of pain. Um, a similar one could be possibly um, uh, survivors of rape. Um, their uh, their relationship with their child with a ch with a kid that like that was born from them um, can be complicated. Um, and there's also postpartum depression and other things that uh, I'm less knowledgeable in uh, that kind of deal with this complicated feelings and complicated relationship that uh, mothers, um, parents and mothers specifically, can have with their children. Um, so yeah, this is just a brief account of... Um, the Papa Duke so far. We're gonna go on a break and I'm gonna go over a couple scenes that I think stood out and uh, go a little bit more into trauma and how we can work our ways to manage through it. Looking for content, events to attend, and free concert tickets? Follow us at Titan Radio on Instagram and Twitter to keep updated on what's happening with the station that brings you the music on campus. And for those of you still on Facebook, we're there too.
And this was Shopping Mall by Jed Kersel, the composer of the soundtrack. Um, yes, we're back onto the Babadook. Um, and so, I guess to continue with this idea of um, trauma, uh, limited physical intimacy, um, I think that uh, we also deal with what is normal. Uh, Samuel is a child without a dad. Uh, Amelia is a single parent. Specifically, the father was killed in an accident where he was beheaded. Uh, all these things inform how they deal with what has happened, but also informs how people view them. And so in a very great scene, uh, the birthday party, um, Amelia is in a room full of all the other mothers, and one of them starts talking about how she helps the quote-unquote poor disadvantaged women. And that uh, it's something that they take pride in, that they are helping these people while at the same time they other them and say that they're poor and disadvantaged. Uh, no, these uh, women are in a difficult situation. They need assistance, and that person is helping them, but they should not take pride in that. I, I mean, sure, you can do that, but no need to brag about it. Uh, the scene was a little bit complicated. Anyways, in reference to Amelia, because she is a single mother, she is dealing with a kid that... Um, is getting aggressive. He's creating his own weapons because he is afraid of the Babadook. He is having all this anger towards Amelia for not letting him have a relationship with his dad um, through the memories, uh, through talking about him. Um, and so this manifests in anger, um, in aggression, um, and so, and this also kind of doesn't help him being a single child. Um, not all single childs are bad with social interactions, but I relate to that, um, being, um, mostly a single child and, uh, also having issues with interacting with, um, other kids. Um, because, uh, in this way, like, Samuel is bullied and, uh, not, uh, we call it, uh, he is bullied, but he is also kind of pushed away because he is different. He doesn't know how to act. He is very matter-of-fact, and so he says things as they are and what is just on his mind, and that doesn't always, uh, go well with people. And so, not only that, but Samuel is continuously bullied for not having a dad. He is not, um, he's missing something. That's the way that the kids put it. And they bully him for it. Um, man, kids can be cruel. Um, so that adds to the anxiety, to the pressure that he does not fit in. That he... Um, something's different with him. Something's wrong. But this is built in because 
other people put this expectation and they bully him for it. If Amelia would talk about her husband Oscar, if there wasn't this pressure to have um, two parents, and specifically um, a father and, and a mother, he probably wouldn't have been bullied. Um, and so it, it, this is seven years in the making. And so there's a particular scene, and here's a couple of quotes. Uh, Samuel says, Why don't people like me? They don't like me because I'm weird. Uh, he also states, I don't want you to die. And this is a remark to this fear that he fears his mom dying. His dad died. His mom doesn't want to talk about it. And what does that mean then for his mom? She's going to die eventually. He doesn't know when. It could be a car crash like his dad. It could be any other way. And so because of not talking about death, not talking about what happened to Oscar, um, the only way that Samuel can deal with this fear is through, well, this, this not knowing is through fear. And so I think that this kind of speaks to how people are afraid of what they don't know. They, this unfamiliarity can cause some discomfort and that is what Samuel's afraid. He cares about his mom. He doesn't want to lose her. He's afraid of what will happen if he loses that support system. Um, and this other quote, uh, Matt, Samuel gets a lot of good lines. Um, quote, I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. End quote. This broke me. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I was, I was crying so hard. Um, Part of healing through trauma is finding a support system, finding people that validate your experiences, that are willing to listen to you, and that can be there for you, um, however that may be. And so when they're dealing with this trauma, with this repression, um, they ha have only each other. Uh, and it's this promise that, hey, I, I know that it's been going through a difficult time, but we both are, and I want you to know that I'm there for you. Can you do the same for me? That's a, it's a huge vulnerability, and uh, that scene just, whew. yeah, um, and so. Um, going back to, I guess, the Babadook and how it, there's this quote in the book, it gets stronger the more you deny it. I think this is kind of something that goes along with repression and trauma. Um, the more that we hide away from it, the more that we repress it, the more it has opportunities to manifest itself in ways that we cannot handle because we do not acknowledge it. By not acknowledging it, by not learning about it, by not knowing of it, we give it all the power. 
And so this is how the Babadook is then eventually able to transfer from trying to possess Samuel to possessing Amelia. This fear, this, this grief that they're going through only gets stronger because they can't talk about it. Well, Samuel can, but Amelia refuses to create that space for it to happen. Um, so yeah, these these different symbols, these different ways of, of showing that this is something repressed. Um, this goes along with the cockroaches in the wa wallpaper. They're representative of death, of an infestation, infestation that's festering from the repression. Everything seems okay from the outside. The wallpaper is fine, but if you peel away, you'll see cracks, and you'll see something hiding in there. You'll see that there is grief that hasn't been handled with, and it's just waiting for its opportunity to pop out and make itself clear that, hey, this this is I'm here. This is this is happening. Uh, you can't ignore me any longer. Another particular scene that kind of stood out to me was the use of medication instead of dealing with the roots of the issues. Amelia requests that the doctor give uh, Samuel sedatives so that he can sleep because because Samuel can't sleep, Amelia can't sleep. And so I think this is commentary on how people are medicated or they may seek medication instead of seeking other forms of therapy. Talk therapy is nice. I've I've done it myself. Um, I think to a certain extent I I have reached my capacity to um, get anything positive or anything more from talk therapy in relation to my own sexual trauma. Um, I I have now seeked different ways. Uh, thanks to a friend, I've been able to get sound therapy and hopefully some fire cupping and different ways of, of dealing with my trauma. Um, and so the part of this is that you cannot medicate everything. Um, part of medication is that there's a different way of thinking, a different way of viewing things, and sometimes not everything can be handled with a drug. Yes, there are certain imbalances, certain things that need drugs that need to, but when it comes to sleep deprivation, to grief, to trauma, certain things uh, can only be dealt with by facing it, by acknowledging it, and by um, making sure that you do what you can to um, support yourself, lift yourself up, and uh, maintain that that self. Um, it's a particular scene that I, that I enjoyed. Um, and I think uh, Kent, Jennifer Kent, was trying to make commentary that typically it seems like medication is the way that people deal with things instead of looking at the root problem and facing it itself. And so, um, we're going to head towards the end of The Babadook, but I'm going to end it with something I wrote, and I hope that it helps others. 
Uh, there's a particular scene um, in which Mrs. Roach and Samuel uh, express love and intimacy and support towards Amelia. And that's kind of what brings her back when she is possessed by the Babadook. Um, partly, I think, also, is that she witnesses the pain that she is inflicting on her son. And so that slowly snaps her back, witnessing that she is traumatizing her own child. She is passing that pain onto her son. And so seeing that process, I think, kind of helps her face the Babadook eventually. Um, but the Babadook isn't something that can be rid of. Trauma is manifested mentally, physically, in, a way, in our way of living and being. Trauma is different for everybody, but something that most say is that it is a part of the person. It may or may not define them. One thing for sure, repression only makes trauma manifest in other ways, whether it be re-perpetuating the violence we've faced and passing it on to someone else, or it forming into PTSD, or episodes, depression, health issues. There's so many ways that if left unaddressed, uh, this trauma can control us. However, if we can't acknowledge and face it, we can at least have some sense of power and methods of navigating our trauma. Positive and supportive relationships heal us. They are our support system. When Amelia and Samuel have gotten to the point of speaking about Oscar's death rather, than, rather matter-of-factly, it is a stage of acknowledgement and healing. Not everyone may get to that point, but for them, they have, and this puts off the social workers because death and trauma are tough, and emotional things to bring up. But it partially is because we make it that way. I can now speak about my own sexual trauma in a way where I don't break down, but that also correlates to my current mental health. I broke down last semester when someone mentioned something that triggered me. Normally, I'm fine. I watch rape revenge movies at times, uh, but last semester was tough on me and I couldn't take it in that moment, and that's okay too. Bringing back the scene with the social workers, their response is a response of people who do not know how to react. They do not know how to react to death to something that seemingly is taboo. And I will say that is also partially because we need to talk about these issues more. We, when we start sharing and talking about our issues and past, we allow people into our lives. We offer a space to relate and empathize with each other. Support has many different forms, and hopefully we feel comfortable enough to reach out when we need it. And so if you're ever facing a difficult time, please reach out. However that may be, whether that is a helpline, your friends, family, um, any form of uh, spiritual or religious uh, support, uh, there's always a way to to face what we need, and so um, it is okay that not everything's going to be easy, and you may feel like you've made all this progress in facing with your trauma, and then all of a sudden it just whiplashes uh, back. Uh, that is fine, too. Um, and so um, I think that when this movie ends, towards the end, Amelia tries to protect her son from trauma, 
from the trauma of death. Samuel doesn't know it yet, but he will eventually. He knows of uh, death because his dad is gone, but he hasn't experienced it in a way. He he experiences he experienced it he has experienced death in one way, but he has yet to experience it in the way of witnessing it. And so when Amelia goes down to the basement to face the Babadook, it is a ritual. A ritual of acknowledging our difficulties and past while not letting it overwhelm us. And that can only happen if we practice it. Um Death is not an end, it is an opportunity to view things in a different light that there can be continuation of life after death. Um, and we just have to give it that opportunity. Um, this is the end of my narration about the Babadook. Um, I think I've spoken a lot of what this movie can represent, what this can mean for other people. I will finish off that there is an ongoing joke about the Babadook as a LGBTQ icon because someone pulled a prank or something that it was on Netflix for under the LGBTQ section. Uh, so if you're interested, just type in Babadook LGBTQ. You'll get some pretty funny posters and pictures. Um, yes, this is the Babadook 2014 by Jennifer Kent. Um... This is usually towards the beginning, but if you have not watched this and you have listened to this whole thing, huge warning on pet deaths, pet killings, actually, um, child abuse, uh, stabbing, um, and a scene where Amelia emulates Jack Nicholson's uh, Jack uh, very well. Um, yes, so forewarning. Um, we're going to a break. Are you stressed about affording condoms and lube? Well, Titan Wells Condom Availability Program has got you covered. Enjoy a variety of condoms, such as latex, non-latex, XL, flavored, and an assortment of speciality condoms. But the list doesn't stop there. We even carry dental dams and lube. And guess what? They're all completely free. That's right. You heard us. Free condoms. Now is the time to put your health first and to utilize barrier methods for safer sex. Not only will you be lowering your risk of pregnancy and contracting STIs, but it'll help increase pleasure knowing you and your partner or partners are having safer sex. Follow us on Instagram at TitanWell to find out more information. The Condom Availability Program is a sexual health program you can depend on.
Okay, I am sorry for that very atmospheric uh, score. That was The Book Returns, Police Station, Cockroaches. Again, from the same uh, original motion soundtrack of The Babadook by Jad Kruzel. Um Yes, so this is going to end my segment of The Babadook. Um, I haven't watched any horror movies recently. Aside from the Babadook, um, I will be able to go and watch uh, The Invisible Man this Sunday, hopefully. So I'll be able to give you a uh, review on that. Um, starring Elizabeth Moss and the remake of The Invisible Man from, I want to say, it's the 1930s or 40s. I believe, when the original Invisible Man came out. I highly recommend the original. It is hilarious. Um, it is pretty queer, I, I, I'd say. Um, and uh, it's just it's, it's just amazing. Um, it's hilarious if you don't take it too seriously because it does get violent at times, but the, um, the camp in that movie... Um, of the the caretaker that uh, has to deal with the invisible man is whew, over the top, to say the least. Um, this one definitely looks a, way more serious. It is directed by directed and written by Lee Wannell. For if you don't know, they have written directed Upgrade, which came out I believe back in two thousand eighteen, which was a sci fi about uh, robot AI that kind of slowly takes over this person. But they also wrote, I believe, all of the Insidious movies. And um, wrote the first three Saw movies. Um, so if you are fans of all of those, I think you might enjoy um, this, uh, the movie Invisible Man. Um is definitely way more serious. Kind of gives me the Entity vibes. Uh, that one was from 1981, uh, starring Barbara Hershey. Um, this one is about a spirit uh, poltergeist that um, sexually abuses um, this woman. Um, so, it's a tough watch. But if you're into... Sexual assault in horror movies. This is one of them. So we'll see if the Invisible Man gets into it. Because it's kind of a stalkerish Invisible Man movie. Which I guess makes sense if you're into the whole creeper thingy. But we'll see how this movie turns out. Um, I trust with Lee Wallace's writing that they'll do a decent job. Um, and moving on, I guess like... Um, Parasite did get... Um, Best Picture, and a couple of other awards, which, yes, um, well-deserved. I will be covering that movie. Um, and I guess uh, if you're still listening uh, from the Babadook segment and you're interested in recommendations about trauma, um, I have three books that I can recommend. Um, trauma and Recovery. Um, the Aftermath of Violence from Domestic Abuse to Political Terror. That is the title of the first book. 
is written by Judith Herman. Um, and this one kind of deals with um, the different manifestations and kind of like the history of trauma through war, sexual assault, um, in the military, all these different uh, factions of uh, trauma. Um, secondly, I would recommend The Body Keeps Score, The Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma, written by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, this one uh, also kind of gives like ways of healing, um, ways of reconnecting and grounding the body, because for some people, disassociation is an issue. Um, and finally, The Deepest Well. Healing the Long-Term Effects of Childhood Adversity by Nadine Burke Harris. Uh, all of these books have helped me in some form dealing with my trauma, giving me the words to put into my own experiences, such as dissociation, um, feeling like I am no longer in my body, that my body is something separate from myself. Um, so, highly recommend those three books if you're interested, just curious. Um, in general, uh, I, I, you can't go wrong with them. Um, I think I would start with, I'd start in that order, uh, actually. Doing it in that order, descending, um, each one gives, is more recent, actually, with, I believe, The Deepest Well being the most recent one. Um, so yeah, um, highly recommend these books. Uh, I will be speaking about trauma in other episodes. Definitely The Nightingale uh, is a movie that deals with uh, sexual assault, uh, sexual abuse, genocide, uh, among other things. So definitely um, we'll be talking about it throughout. It's, it's horror. <laughs> There's trauma everywhere. Um, yeah. This is it for my Babadook segment uh, about trauma. Um, we're going to end it with a uh, track, the end credits of, of the movie. And I'll play one of my uh, favorite songs recently. Yeah, that's how we'll, we'll do it. Thank you for listening. This is The Descent, uh, Titan Raider Horror Show. If you are lis listening, and thank you, actually, also. Uh, I do have an Instagram called the descent underscore horror show on Instagram. If you'd like to go and see, I do go and share things that are happening in LA and Orange County that are horror related. Um, I share events, uh, other, I share podcasts I listen to, um, and yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely follow me, uh, keep up to date. I'll also be posting these episodes, um, online in case you'd like to hear them at some point, if you really enjoy, uh, listening to my voice and what I have to say. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you again. Um, and we'll call it a night.
Okay, and one last song. Bye. Pixie Miles, Baba Shook. If she spills the word or turns a look, you can't shake the Babadook. Dressed in shadow and poised to attack, here she comes, hear the Babadook. Mom's worst nightmare, queen of the night. Jump in bed, don't turn off the light. If it's in a word or it's in a book, you better get ready to be Babadook. Angel's killing her stride. She's overflowing with pride. Let your freak flag fly. Your queer dreams personified. Work that graveyard shift. Even the dead need a lift. She just hit the scene. She's the real screen queen. Category is nighttime demon realness. Station of your darkest neuroses Who's stomping the heels in this relationship First time in crippling anxiety at the ball And walk, 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 walk And walk, 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 walk. Sit down Jason, night night Freddy Babadook is here and y'all ain't ready I'm your haunted sub bottom, come and lay me flat Monster in the bed, I need a dog top hat Frankenstein from the lagoon, who the fuck is hot? Old ass queens couldn't scare a mouse. Get back in the closet, cause I'm coming out. Ain't just killing her stride. She's overflowing with pride. Let your freak flag fly, Your dreams personified. Work that graveyard shift. Ha, ha, ha.